With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, they can't all be winners. They had a good run. It's been a hot few weeks of AEW Dynamite, really going all the way back to December. Go back to the end of last year. AEW has been on a hot streak on Wednesday nights. Tonight was not one of those nights. Michael, As Michael Cole said at WrestleMania 30, the streak is over. But one thing we did get tonight, we did get some forward progression into the Revolution pay-per-view, which is coming up on March 5th. We do now have a card finally forming. Right, We've had a sense of where the direction of some of these matches has been going, but we haven't had very many actual matches announced for this pay-per-view. And that started to change tonight. We have a Texas death match on tap between John Moxley and Hangman Adam Page. I think we kind of sensed that this was going to one more match, just a matter of what the stipulation was going to be. We found out that it will be a Texas death match, and you know what that means. That means more blood for John Moxley and Hangman Page. Uh, Samoa Joe is going to be going one-on-one with Wardlow, I, I presume for the TNT Championship. They had a graphic up for it uh, tonight. And we actually had a pretty good sit-down interview that Jim Ross did with Wardlow that I'll be talking about a little bit later on put some context on why it bothered him so much that Joe cut off his ponytail. They didn't bother to tell us in advance, which is kind of backwards, but uh, they did put some context to it tonight, and I like what they did in that segment. So they're going to be wrestling at Revolution. We also know the Guns, the brand-new AEW Tag Team Champions, are going to be defending their titles at Revolution, and the Acclaimed will be one of their opponents, but not their only opponents. There will be two other teams in what will be a fatal four-way match. And we had a return on the show tonight, somebody who we have not seen in a very long time. Christian Cage is back. And he left Jungle Boy laying with a kill switch. Uh, that match has not been announced yet. I presume it will take place a revolution. I was looking forward to it back at All Out. And we got a 20-second nothing because Christian was hurt. But Christian pulled off the sling. He pulled off the arm brace. He seems to be healed. It's a miracle. Finally, Christian is back. At last, Christian was on his own tonight. No no, uh, Luchasaurus to be found. So I like seeing Christian back, but uh, I don't think that too many people are going to be glowing about this episode the way they have. Dynamite really over the past month and a half to two months. You know, they went on a very hot run when they went out on the West Coast. Had some loud crowds. They had some great cards. It seemed like it was a return to form. Uh, tonight was a step backwards, but we'll talk all about it because this is your AEW Dynamite review for Wednesday, February 15th, 2023. I am the Sala Monster. Now, before we get into tonight's Dynamite, we do have some news to cover. Actually, two news items I wanted to get to here before we get to uh, the opening match, uh, and I'll get through this quickly. There was an interview that dropped earlier today on. Ring of Honor. We have some Ring of Honor news, and it was a Sports Illustrated interview with Tony Khan. 
And in this interview, Tony Khan finally revealed the debut date for the new weekly Ring of Honor television show. One year to the month, in fact, that he went out there on television, stood in the ring, and announced to the world that he had purchased, he had acquired Ring of Honor from Sinclair Broadcast Group. It's been one year. And we finally have that date. The show will begin airing new weekly programs on Thursday, March 2nd. So it looks like Thursday is going to be the drop date for the new ROH show, which makes sense. I mean, there's only so many days during the week where there is no wrestling. Thursday is, I mean, there probably is wrestling on Thursdays now that I think about it. I think Impact might air on Thursdays. Is it Tuesdays or Thursdays? Impact has moved and shifted so many times over the years. Uh, I believe it's Thursdays, but Thursday is going to be the night. Uh, March 2nd is the date. Their first tapings are going to be taking place February 25th and 26th at Universal Studios in Orlando. And tickets for the first taping go on sale tomorrow. That is Thursday. And the show is going to, look, the show is going to air on Honor Club. We already know this. Ring of Honor has its own streaming service. It's been retooled and relaunched, and it's $9.99 a month. So if you want to watch the weekly Ring of Honor television show, uh, in addition to your Peacock subscription, and if you have a New Japan World subscription, of course, there's tons of different services. There's Fight TV, tons of independent wrestling on there, Pro Wrestling TV. You'll add Ring of Honor Honor Club now if you want to watch the weekly show. Uh, I don't know what I'm going to be doing yet, but for those of you who are interested... There you go. And if you're going to be in the area and you want to go to the tapings and you do go to the tapings, let me know the uh, live perspective. I'd love to hear from anybody who's going to be in attendance at the first ROH tapings. I also have an update here on former uh, Ring Ring of Honor, former AEW, women's world champion Thunder Rosa, who we have not seen on television in many months. She's been out with a back injury. She's still not cleared. She's not coming back yet, but We have an update. Rosa has not wrestled a match in AEW. She hasn't wrestled a match at all anywhere uh, since August 10th. It was a dark elevation match. She teamed with Tony Storm and Hikaru Shida against Emi Sakura, Marina Shafir, and Nyla Rose. This report comes from Sean Ross Sapp and Fightful Select. Fightful has learned that there was a locker room meeting with all of the women on the AEW roster that were present at last week's television tapings. Those there heard, uh, or those they heard from, said that it was an effort to ease the tension between Rosa and the locker room after several relationships had been frayed. Those that Fightful spoke with, uh, who have knowledge of the meeting, said that Rosa did a lot of making amends for several issues that came up along the way during her previous run in the company. There were some on the roster that took issue with her not being on the road with AEW while traveling for other work that she was doing, and some people that questioned the legitimacy of her injury. Now, we've heard that for a while as well. People who, and fans as well on social media, you know, questioning whether or not she either was really hurt or the severity of her injury. And, you know, again, there's nothing that would lead anybody to think that she was fabricating an injury. She's come out very strongly against this on Busted Open Radio before, uh, and she's documented the uh, rehab that she's been going through for her back. Uh, So again, no reason to think that it's anything other than a legitimate injury. 
But there were people even in the company, apparently, who were second-guessing the nature of her injury. So she addressed that as well. Rosa did Spanish-language commentary last week, which sources indicated she was happy to participate in. She noted that she would be back on the road recently, but would not be wrestling immediately. Those close to her claim that she is not yet cleared, but she is getting closer to that goal. And Rosa just tweeted this out yesterday. She said, while my recovery continues, I will join the AEW uh, Spanish commentary team and also be an on-screen personality. I'm thrilled to be able to serve Spanish-speaking fans in this unique way. Health is a journey with ups and downs. Meanwhile, I will see you from the booth. And just to put a final stamp on this, it's best to put whatever drama there may have been Put it to rest once and for all. It is very clear, based on all of these reports and all the gossip and all the rumors that leaked out, and there have been various website reports over the many months, even when she was the champion, of there being discourse behind the scenes with her and Britt Baker and other people, and they don't like each other. And I believe that. I believe that Thunder Rosa and Britt Baker probably do not like each other. And they probably don't hang out in the same social circles. There was a lot of stuff being leaked out. Where it was coming from, who knows. If Rosa is going to be coming back soon, whatever she's healed and cleared, she'll be back. And she'll be a big piece of that women's division because she's been a big part of the women's division now for the last couple of years, and she's a former world champion for that. So when she's ready to come back, she's going to be working with all of these women. She's going to be working with Britt Baker. She's going to be working with Jamie Hayter. There's some new faces for her to work with. She'll be working with Soraya, and she'll be working with Tony Storm, right? We have Thunderstorm. They were a tag team the last time we saw them. What'll that be like now? Thunder Rose as a babyface last time we saw her? Tony Storm is a heel. So it looks like Thunderstorm, Thunderstorm is no more. There will be no more Thunderstorms in AEW. But they need to make sure that everybody is on the same page. You cannot have a situation where Thunder Rosa comes back and all of a sudden there's more gossip and more things being leaked out on these, you know, various websites. You can't have that. It was bad enough, the CM Punk situation and all the bullshit that came out of that and how bad that made Tony Khan and AEW look. Cannot have a repeat of that again. So I think, although it's very odd to have a roster-wide locker room meeting over one person, It's the smart thing to do. Get them all together in a room. Make sure they're all on the same page. Make sure there's no problems. If she made amends at the meeting, that's great. Water under the bridge. When she's ready to come back, you start fresh. And hopefully there's no issues going forward. Now, if she comes back and there's more problems, or we have reports of there being infighting and stuff, then that's not going to be good. That's not going to be good for anybody, but that's not going to be good for Thunder Rose's future in AEW. So hopefully that's the end of that. Hopefully we don't hear about this anymore. But, boy, you know, if they're having a locker room meeting for Thunder Rosa, can you imagine with CM Punk, if Tony Khan wanted to bring CM Punk back, he'd have to to take the whole roster and put them on a fucking retreat somewhere for an entire week and have armed security guards working the retreat. That's going to be the next thing, by the way. CM Punk is only about a couple of months away, supposedly, from being healed and cleared from his arm injury. That's when things are going to get very interesting because Tony Khan is going to have a big decision to make 
We don't know if Tony Khan has had any conversations recently with CM Punk. We don't know if he wants CM Punk back. I'm sure the elite doesn't. Does CM Punk even want to come back? That'll be the next big story. What happens when CM Punk is ready to come back? That'll that'll give us plenty of more news to cover. So uh, that'll be that'll be very interesting when uh, when that time comes, but that time is not yet. So let's get into this uh, dynamite show here for tonight. I've made my by the way, I've made my thoughts very clear uh, in the past on what I think should happen with CM Punk and and why I think CM Punk, frankly, is uh, I think the CM Punk AEW era is best uh, best to put in the rear view. But he's a big name. And if you're Tony Khan, it can be very difficult to give up that big name. So Dynamite opened with a graphic uh, acknowledging the passing of Jerry Jarrett, who died this week. Uh, The most successful promoter probably in the history of wrestling, certainly in this country, uh, not named Vince McMahon. So his presence and his influence on the wrestling business in many different ways, and he used to be a worker as well, but mainly as a promoter, uh, is virtually, again, outside of Vince McMahon, unparalleled. And he passed away this week at the age of 80. Now, nobody would have second-guessed it if Jeff Jarrett would have said, look, I'm not going to be there this week, even though I'm scheduled to be in a match. My father just passed away. You know, I'm not going to be there. Nobody would have batted an eyelash, and Tony Khan would have been like, Dude, (laughs) I wouldn't have expected you here. I totally understand. But Jeff Jarrett wanted to be there. He's an old school guy, and he wanted to fulfill his commitment. And he told Tony Khan that he wanted to work the show. And so the opener was Jeff Jarrett, Jay Lethal, Satnam Singh, and Sanjay Dutt against Orange Cassidy, Billy Gunn, and The Acclaim. Max Caster did not hold back in his rap. He went there. He went there. I'm sure with Jeff's okay. But he said, yo, Jeff, I heard the news. That's too bad. Your dad was a legend, but you're just a douchebag. So we're coming in hot like an asteroid. Your nepotism, baby, just like the ass boys. How is Valentine's at your compound? Getting no play. It's TNA lockdown. It's no point in fighting back. When we're done with y'all, we're going to get the titles back. So there you go. That was the Max Caster rap here on the show tonight. This was only Sanjay Dutt's second match since 2017. He had one as part of a tag match last year. He told the AEW Unrestricted podcast in 2022, there will be zero chance that I will be returning to the ring. Let's put it like this. If I was fixed physically, if my body was 100%, That would be something I would consider. But until that happens, there is no way I am doing it. Well, you know how that goes. It's wrestling. You know how that goes. I mean, it's not like he took any real bumps in this match anyway. So the heels dominated early. They were isolating Max Caster. He battled back, made a tag to Billy Gunn. That brought out Austin and Colton, the new tag team champions, out on stage. And Billy was distracted by his uh, his seed on stage, and that gave Jarrett Lethal the chance to work him over. Satnam Singh tagged in, and I held my breath as I watched this guy. 
And he didn't do anything wrong. They were smart. They kept his offense very limited because his offense is very limited. Uh, so he didn't do too much. He knocked the rest of the baby faces off the apron. Billy Gunn started to come back on him, but he was quickly cut down by a lariat. Satnam suffered, uh, or he stuffed, an orange punch. Billy did get a Famouser, took uh, uh, took Satnam Singh down with the Famouser. Jared hit him with the Golden Globe Award. They, they're still claiming, uh, supposedly, even they're questioning whether or not it's legitimate. The Golden Globe from uh, Paul Walter Hauser when he was on Dynamite all those many weeks ago. So Jarrett uh, hit him with the Golden Globe. Cassidy and Caster, they ended up clearing the heels from the ring. Orange Cassidy teased the Scissor Me Timbers to Sanjay, which is the old Dudley's, you know, wazad, you know, the headbutt to the, to the groin. Uh, this was after Bowens and Billy Gunn both tried to do it. Both of them got cut off. Bowens, though, got back. He tried again. He went back up. This time, he got the Scissor Me Timbers, and he pinned Sanjay Dutt. Uh, I wasn't a fan of the match, but respect to Double J for showing up to work and doing his part when, again, he didn't have to. And uh, nobody would have thought any less of him because of it, and condolences to him and his family. Uh, on his loss, but uh, I didn't care for the match. John Moxley and Claudio Castagnoli, the Ring of Honor World Champion, against Roosh and Preston Vance. This was a Texas Tornado Rules match. At least this week they learned. They learned this week, the uh, production team did, not to show the blade jobs on camera. We had two of them here in this match. Uh, they cut away when John Moxley and uh, Preston Vance went to go slice themselves open. Roosh and Vance, they attacked Moxley and Claudio in the crowd as they were making their entrance. Of course, it's Texas Tornado, so anything goes. Claudio got taken uh, out on the floor as Moxley was double teamed in the ring. Claudio made the save as Moxley rolled out and he threw some chairs into the ring. Moxley tried a slingshot into the railing on Roosh. He didn't really get all of it. They showed Hangman Page watching on a screen in the back. He was doing the old WWE thing where the screen is here and he's at an angle. So he was watching the match. Moxley launched himself to the floor onto Roosh. As Moxley was on the apron, Preston Vance speared him uh, through the ropes, which wiped out Claudio and Roosh in the process, and they all fell down. Roosh and Vance then brought Claudio over by the timekeeper's table. That left uh, that left Moxley on the other side so that he can very discreetly cut himself open. Roosh smacked one chair against another chair that was pressed up up against Claudio's shoulder. So it made a great sound. And Claudio fell over the timekeeper's table. They uh, overturned the table onto him and left him laying as they went back to Moxley. When they went back to Moxley... He was a bloody mess, and uh, Moxley was busted open. I know, stop me if you've heard that before. Preston Vance wrapped a chain around his fist, and he clocked Moxley in the head with it. He uh, started raining down punches with the chain as Claudio finally recovered to make the save, and then he dished out some punches of his own, wrapped his fist in the chain. He started punching Vance, and uh, Preston Vance came up busted open, so we got double juice here in this match. The giant swing on Vance 
Uh, I counted about 11 or 12 rotations. He was holding his head to make sure that there was no blood splatter. Got to make sure the blood doesn't go splattering off into the into the third row here. There's that blood splatter that the ESRB mentioned in their summary of the Fight Forever game. Among other things, like bunny suits, deep cleavage, Molotov cocktails. We went over all this on the podcast on Sunday. Roosh and Claudio had a face-off until Jose, the assistant, attacked Claudio with a chair. This led to Wheeler Yuta beating him up on the ramp to the back, so that took care of Jose. Roosh called for the bull's horn, but Claudio speared him in midair. Claudio and Roosh spilled outside. Vance tried to hang Moxley with the chain, but Moxley reversed. And he choked out Preston Vance with the chain for the win. After the match was over, they cut to the back and they showed Hangman Page being attacked three-on-one by Kip Sabian, who he was wrestling later in the show, the Butcher and the Blade. And they all laid him out. Uh, Dark Order showed up. They ran off the uh, heels to make the save for Hangman. As the, uh, the announcers wondered, what condition would Hangman be in for his match later tonight? Yeah, we talk about the blood uh, every single week. And a lot of people, you know, they kind of mock it and make fun of it at this point. My issue with all the blood in AEW, my issue with the blood more and more, is it just isn't justified by the story most of the time. Some of the time it is. Some of the time it is. But more often than not, I feel like it's just not justified by the story. It's just, it's, it feels like it's just done for the sake of being done, which I think is lame. Uh, I thought it was a good brawl, though, and uh, what I'm most excited about, it looks like, uh, based on their interaction here in this match, it looks like they could be setting up for a Ring of Honor World Championship match for Supercard of Honor at the end of next month with Claudio defending against Roosh, which would be an excellent main event. So if that's what Tony Khan has on the brain, I am all for that. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. They cut to good old JR. Jim Ross. Who earlier today sat down with the former TNT champion, Wardlow. He wanted to know what's next for Wardlow after what went down with Samoa Joe. Wardlow said... uh, To the time that he was eight years old, his father instilled every ounce of athleticism that he had in him. Then there was a period of time where his father wasn't there for him. His father fell out of his life for a number of years. Many years later, they reunited. As soon as that happened, he got a call one day that his dad had stage four cancer. And he didn't have a lot of time left, but his father did live long enough to make it to his first independent match, and then the very next morning, he passed away. 
And after seeing cancer take all of his dad's hair away from him, he decided at that point to grow out his beard and to grow out his hair. Because up to that point in his life, he did not have uh, a big beard. He did not have long hair. Because of the experience that his father had and what he saw his father go through, it was at that point that he decided to grow it all out, which is why he had the ponytail. And then Samoa Joe, who knew the story, he claimed, you know, in the storyline that when he and Joe were tag team partners, reward Joe, they were a team for a while. He says he told Joe that story. Samoa Joe knew that story. He, he shared those details with Joe. And then what did Joe go ahead and do? Joe went and Joe cut off his ponytail and he took that away from him. He said that he took that connection with his father was taken away from him. He told Joe to look him in his eyes because this is the last thing that he's going to see as the man he is today. Even though you've survived every company, every monster that you've been in the ring with, every monster this industry has to offer, says Joe. You will not survive me. I like them adding a personal angle to to Joe cutting his hair off. And we've seen angles many, many times in many companies over the years where people get a chunk of their hair cut off or their ponytail cut off or shaved. Uh, I mean, it's a classic wrestling angle. The heel, you know, cuts off the baby face's hair. But... It did feel very random, right? Why would Joe cut this man's hair off other than just he wanted to embarrass him? They decided to go and add a personal uh, angle to it. And I liked it. Now, it would have made more sense, though, if they would have told this story at some point before Joe cut his hair off. So that way, when Joe grabbed the scissors and got in the ring and went to go cut his hair off, if we already knew that story going into it, then you would have had the people who would have gasped and they would have reacted to it a lot bigger than than even they did at the time. So I think they did this a little bit backwards, but uh, I appreciate the fact they at least went back to put some context on why he did what he did. And uh, I, I'm looking forward to seeing them back in the ring together. They did put the graphic up a little bit later on. It will be Joe, one-on-one with Wardlow Revolution, which we kind of figured. Once Wardlow came back, you knew they were saving this match for the pay-per-view, but now it's official. Mark Briscoe, who I was told uh, before I went live tonight, got the graphic treatment from Tony Khan. So I believe Mark Briscoe is officially all elite. Now, Mark Briscoe had or has uh, a Ring of Honor contract. I don't know if he's got a double contract or a converted over now to an AEW contract. But from what I'm told, uh, Mark Briscoe is officially all elite, which is uh, great to hear. But Mark Briscoe was back for his second match on Dynamite this time. Uh, he was going one-on-one with Josh Woods. Uh, they set this up at a backstage segment on Rampage last week. Mark Briscoe was giving an interview. He was interrupted by Smart Mark and Josh Woods, and thus it led to the match here. Ari Davari and Tony Nese got involved pretty early in the match. They stopped Mark when he hit the ropes from hitting a uh, suicide dive. And so out came Penta and Ray Phoenix, two men who we have not seen on Dynamite in a while. We've not seen the Lucha Brothers in a while. Earlier today, now I I assume they got wrapped up in these visa issues. A lot of wrestlers recently got tied up in visa issues. Kenny Omega had visa problems. He missed a few weeks of television. Uh, So it's good to see Penta and Ray Phoenix back. Uh, And they fought them uh, to the back. 
And that was the last we saw of them. Now, earlier today, this afternoon, AEW did announce that Penta and Ray Phoenix would be in action on Dynamite tonight. I didn't know that by inaction they meant what we saw here. Technically, this was action, but this was not a match. They made you think they were going to have a match, uh, but there was no match. So that was the last we saw of them on this show. Woods hit a corkscrew neckbreaker to Mark off the apron to the floor, heading into the picture-in-picture. Briscoe fought back with redneck kung fu. Later on, he used a chair to catapult himself out over the top rope to the floor. Back inside, Briscoe hit a razor's edge for two. Went for the J-Driller, missed as uh, Woods hit pure chaos for a two-count of his own. Both men traded counters until Briscoe hit a rolling DVD. He pointed up to the sky, hit the froggy bow elbow, and got the win. And when the match was over, he looked into the camera, shouted out his brother Jay, and said that he would carry on. It's just nice to see Mark Briscoe on TV, but... I'll tell you what, what we saw here from Josh Woods uh, looked impressive, too. I thought Josh Woods was more impressive in this match than Mark Briscoe was. Uh, so they had a good match. What I would like to see, now that Mark Briscoe is he's back, right? He's back full-time. He's still carrying around the Ring of Honor tag team belt. They're going to have to resolve that. I've already pitched an idea many, many weeks ago on the podcast for what to do. Uh, as far as the tag team title situation, I'm not going to go over that again. But what I would like to see, Tony Khan begin to do coming out of Super Card of Honor next month. Okay, you could do coming out of the papers is begin to tell the story of Mark Briscoe's journey to the Ring of Honor World Championship. His journey to capture the same title that his brother held on two different occasions. Jay Briscoe was an ROH World Champion. There's no reason that we can't see Mark Briscoe follow in his footsteps and one day hold the Ring of Honor world title. Even if it takes the rest of the year, there's a story there to be told. I'd like to see Tony Khan begin telling that story coming out of Supercard of Honor. And I think a lot of people would like to see that too, and I think a lot of people would get behind Mark Briscoe in that role. Earlier today, we already had one sit-down with Jim Ross and Wardlow. Renee had her own sit-down with Adam Cole, and if you were expecting there to be some sort of angle or some sort of announcement or indication of what Adam Cole would be doing or who he he might be wrestling at Revolution, then you were left very disappointed. She sat down with Adam Cole, who said that he had learned to savor the little victories in life, like all of the things he's recovered from after his concussion, being able to do certain things and look at light and stuff without getting nauseous and vomiting and stuff like that. He said he looks at their roster right now, and it's never been better. So he knows when he comes back, he needs to be as prepared as possible. He's got a few ideas in his head about who he wants to step into the ring with, but he would not spill the beans. So this wasn't much of an interview at all. I mean, it's good to see Adam Cole, but they didn't give you anything here. This was a uh, a very quick, very nothing interview. You know, we're a little over two weeks away from Revolution can't imagine that they have brought Adam Cole back to TV, which they did many weeks ago, without having an opponent in mind for him for the next pay-per-view. Now, if he's not clear, then I'm not sure why they felt the need to put him back on TV when they did. They could have held him out a little bit longer until he was closer to coming back. I have to assume he's either cleared or about to be cleared. 
And if he is going to be wrestling at the pay-per-view, um, you know, now would be a good time to start giving us some clues as to who he might be stepping into the ring with. So they still have two weeks. They don't have to announce every single match this week, but uh, I thought they would give us something in this interview and they gave us nothing. Then we had the AEW World Champion, MJF. Maybe Adam Cole wants to go after MJF. That was the suggestion I made a while back. How about Adam Cole and MJF in the main event of Double or Nothing in May? Maybe they're waiting on purpose. Maybe when MJF beats Brian Danielson at Revolution, maybe that's when Adam Cole finally reveals who he had in mind to go after. But then Adam Cole has to win some matches if he wants to get a world championship match. But we had MJF, who was contractually obligated, we were told, to be on the show tonight. They played him to the ring for a promo, and they aired most of his entrance during the commercial, during the picture-in-picture. So when they came back live, MJF was in the ring, and he was being booed heavily by the crowd. He told the fans he doesn't speak Spanish. MJF acknowledged they were in Texas tonight. MJF acknowledged that the crowd loves Brian Danielson. Says that pisses him off. Because they used to be devil worshippers. They were fans of his. Only a few months ago. He said he turned his back on them before they could turn their back on him. Because they are fickle bastards. Brian Danielson once called the fans fickle. See, they have something in common. MJF said he's honest with himself. He calls himself a devil, but Brian lies about who he is, a worthless sack of trash just like all these people. MJF said that that's not why he hates him. He hates Brian Danielson because he's convinced the fans that he is better than him. MJF pulled the crowd and asked if they think Brian Danielson is the best in the world, and they all cheered. And then he asked if He's their favorite because he does all the best moves and he has all these five-star bangers. And again, they cheer. MJF said, that's not why we get into this business. We get into this business to become the world champion. He said he was uh, not going to lie to himself and say Danielson is going to, you know, not give him a run for his money. But he doesn't have the ability to do what it takes to win. He said that maybe the crowd would listen to somebody who has known Brian Danielson for a very long time, his entire career, in fact, and he introduced us to the fallen angel, Christopher Daniels. Daniels came down to the ring. MJF asked Daniels to tell these people the truth about Brian Danielson. And Daniels said, you want me to tell the truth? First thing he did, he pulled out an envelope full of money from his pocket, and he disclosed to the crowd that MJF had paid him an obscene amount of money to come out here tonight and to denigrate Brian Danielson. He threw the money back and said, Brian Danielson is set to knock your dick in the dirt. He knew Brian Danielson was going to be great when he wrestled him when Danielson was only 20 years old. And Brian hit him so hard he thought he was going to die. He watched Danielson win the King of the Indies tournament in APW in the year 2001. That tournament directly inspired the creation of Ring of Honor. And Ring of Honor brought real professional wrestling that was starved. A lot of fans were starved of real pro wrestling at that time. That's what Ring of Honor brought to the table. 
The same type of fans when AEW opened four years ago. Same thing, they were looking for the same exact thing. They were starved for real professional wrestling, and AEW was there to fill the void. That's the story that he was telling you. So you see, if there was not a Ring of Honor, there might not be an AEW, and there definitely would not be an MJF. And he said, now, Max, I've shared locker rooms with Brian Danielson all over this planet. He wanted to learn everything about pro wrestling. He was a sponge. He was soaking everything up that he possibly could. He knows what it takes to be a world champion. He's on the path to becoming world champion one more time, and that is why these people love him. That's why you hate him. Not only because he wants to take from you what you love the most, but because he is exactly what you wish you could be. That really pissed off MJF. He says he is the best wrestler in the world today, not you. You are a fraud. MJF smacked the microphone out of his hand and started screaming at him that he's the best in the world. Daniels went to go walk away. MJF told him, don't you walk away from me. Daniels slapped the taste right out of his mouth. MJF responded uh, in kind by kicking him in the dick and applied the salt of the earth submission until Danielson hit the ring, and MJF ran off like the coward that he is. I cannot believe that Christopher Daniels' eye is still bloodshot after all this time. He he took a, a super kick to the face by the Young Bucks. Might have been a double super kick from both of them. I forget what the spot was. But he got kicked in the face. He got kicked in the eye. And, you know, his eye immediately filled with blood. And, you know, he's talked about it before, how it may go away or it may be with him for the rest of his life. And I'm like, I'm looking at him. I'm like, my God, like, it's almost two years. That was in May of 2021. You know, they were still doing pandemic shows at Daly's Place. And that fucking eye is still bloodshot after after almost two years. It's It's amazing to me. Thankfully, this week, they left out all the talk about uh, Liv the Fellatio Queen. So that was a uh, a one-week story. And they kept the focus on Brian Danielson. They kept the focus on Danielson and his upcoming match with MJF, the Iron Man match. Uh, you know, as far as MJF promos go, it was a very basic promo. Yeah, this is not one of the more memorable MJF promos. It was very basic stuff. But I liked him bringing out someone from Danielson's past. And having it blow up in his face, uh, you know. And then, of course, he turns on the guy and tries to break the guy's arm, given all the history and the friendship that Daniels has, you know, with with Danielson. Daniels, Danielson. Uh, Obviously, they've been friends for uh, many, many years. So it made sense, you know, that he would go after this guy and Brian would try to make the save and MJF would run, you know, would run like a coward. The night that Tony Khan stood in the middle of the ring a year ago, almost a full year ago, and announced to the world that he had purchased Ring of Honor, if you remember, the first match that he introduced right after that was Brian Danielson one-on-one with Christopher Daniels. And in fact, the very first Ring of Honor show back in 2002, the era of honor, Danielson and Daniels were both in the main event with Loki of the very first Ring of Honor show. So... I like the fact that uh, they were able to tie in that history with Ring of Honor, especially now that we have an air date for the Ring of Honor television show. 
Tony Khan's going to have to really start ramping up the uh, the publicity for ROH and the big launch on Honor Club. So there's that aspect as well, why you would want to really you know bring ROH to the forefront. And so I, I think it made sense to, to tie in their history together and why Daniels thinks that he is the best in the world and he's going to kick your ass a revolution and MJF, of course, doesn't like that. So it's a good segment. But the actual MJF promo portion of this was about as basic as you could get. Uh, but overall, I liked it. I thought it was a good segment. Uh, but to go back to that point, actually, you know, he was talking about Ring of Honor. He made that point about how if there's no Ring of Honor, then there's probably no AEW. And Tony Khan, you know, he's talked openly about what a big Ring of Honor fan he was. That's why he bought the company. He he didn't want, he couldn't stomach the idea of Vince McMahon, you know, buying the library and buying the intellectual property and then just putting it on ice and just, you know, throwing up the old ROH stuff as a tab on a on a shitty service like Peacock. Because uh, Peacock sucks, but uh, I, you know, I like the the idea of them bringing all that up. But it's an interesting comparison when you really stop and think about it, because we have a very big match this weekend, very big match coming up in Montreal, right? At Elimination Chamber, it's going to be Roman Reigns defending his championships against Sami Zayn. And when you talk about how without Ring of Honor, there's no AEW, well, you know what? Without Ring of Honor, there's no Sami Zayn in the main event this weekend against Roman Reigns. And think about how big Sami Zayn has been part of that bloodline story, and Kevin Owens has been part of that bloodline story. And guys like that, Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins is the kind of guy I think who would have he would have done well for for himself regardless. But there's a lot of guys in that company right now, including some at the very top of WWE, the biggest company in the world who would not be there or would not be in the position they are in were it not for the exposure they got in Ring of Honor. So you really can't minimize the impact and the influence that Ring of Honor has had on the wrestling business. It's not only being felt in AEW with all the, the ROH talent, it's being felt in every promotion, including WWE right now. Which is, which is kind of interesting when you stop and think about the history of, of ROH. Uh, as they embark on this new era. You know, once they launch this new series, it's really the start of a new era uh, for a company that launched a lot of careers in this business. It's it's fascinating to think about. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. We have Brian Cage. One-on-one with Jungle Boy. 
Jack Perry. Uh, we saw this match at Winter is Coming in December, so uh, not the first time these two have shared a ring together. Jungle Boy hit two dives to the outside, but on the third one, Cage caught him, slammed him right on the edge of the apron. And there was a picture-in-picture picture where Cage dominated for a while. Jungle Boy fought out of a pop-up powerbomb attempt and dropped Cage with an enziguri. Cage bridged out of a pin into a buckle bomb and an F5. But Jungle Boy kicked out. He would not quit. Cage tried a suplex to the floor, but Perry hung uh, him in the ropes with a double stomp and a tope or a tope, a uh, top rope splash for two. I wrote a tope rope splash. <laughs> the tope rope. Maybe that was uh, Flop Dollar's problem. He didn't go over the top rope. He was trying to go over the tope rope. Maybe that's why he uh, flopped so badly. He caught Cage with a crucifix bomb, a thrust kick, and then he rolled him up for the win. Uh, I don't think this was as good as their winter is coming match, but uh, it was okay. Jungle Boy ekes out the win, and as he is backing up the ramp, we hear a familiar theme song. Up on the Tron is also the uh, video for Christian Cage. He has that countdown video. So we hear Christian's music. We see Christian's video. He walks out on stage. His arm is still in a sling. No Luchasaurus. When Jungle Boy went to go after him, Cage maced him in the face. And then he took off the sling. And then he removed the brace from his arm. And... He set him up for the kill switch, and he dropped him face first on the stage. And so Christian Cage has returned. Uh, it's been nearly six months since Christian has been in the ring. It's been a while. This was the match they wanted to do it all out. What they gave us it all out was nothing like what they wanted to do, but Christian was hurt. Pretty serious injury. The same injury Christian had is the same injury that CM Punk sustained that very night in the main event at Brawl Out. So now Christian is all healed up. They did not make any match announcements for Revolution, but I would have to think it's all but a done deal. We're finally going to get the match. Jungle Boy one-on-one -on -one with Christian Cage. I was looking forward to it in September. I thought that could be the show stealer. I feel the same way about Revolution if they do this match. You know, they had a kill time with Jungle Boy. So Jungle Boy, eventually, he wrestled Luchasaurus. He beat him. They had a great match, right? With a full gear, I think, right? They had that great match. Then we got a little action, tag team action with Jungle Boy and Hook. They did the tag team thing for a while. They've kept Jungle Boy hot as far as him winning matches and winning matches and winning matches. But they've been spinning their wheels and just trying to kill time until Christian was ready to come back. And so, finally, we're going to get the... I won't say blow off because it's possible Christian wins and they keep this thing going a little while longer. Uh, I don't really see the need to rush through it. I got a tweet from somebody. If you're watching right now, hello. Uh, I didn't respond to you directly, but uh, he was asking me if I thought that uh, Jungle Boy could be in line to challenge and win the AEW world title from MJF at Double or Nothing. To answer your question, the answer is no. <laughs> Not not just to winning the title, but doing the match at double or nothing. No, I don't see them doing that. Uh, but could I eventually see him built up as a challenger for MJF? Yes. Yes, whether it's a pay-per-view main event or a TV match, yes. Double or nothing, no. That's way too soon. So to the back, 
we go where Renee said the guns would have their first tag team title defense at Revolution. It would be a triple threat match. To determine the other two teams, next week there will be a traditional Revolution tag team battle royal. Then in two weeks, there will be a casino battle royal with the victors of both of those matches moving on to the pay-per-view. She was interrupted by Billy Gunn and his new sons, the acclaimed. Anthony Bowen said they were screwed out of the titles last week, and it will no longer be a triple threat at Revolution. It will now be a fatal four-way, because the acclaimed is hereby invoking their rematch clause. And I just thought, ugh. The rematch clause. It's, it's such a WWE... Re- when I hear I'm invoking my rematch clause, it's just such a relic of uh, WWE. But we know Tony Khan loves his tag team battle royals, and so we're getting two of them over the next two weeks. And I'll tell you what, one of them is a casino battle royal, right, in two weeks. I hear a casino battle royal, and what do you usually have? What do you have at the end of a casino battle royal? You have the Joker entrance. And my first thought is, we're going to get, it's a good spot, if they're coming back, for FTR to show up as the Jokers in the Battle Royal and win the Battle Royal. Uh, And uh, we have the Lucha Brothers as well. The Lucha Brothers just came back tonight. So I see the Lucha Brothers would be my pick for next week in the traditional Battle Royal. And I'm going to say FTR, they, they would be my pick as the Jokers in the Casino Battle Royal, and then they win, and then we end up with the Guns, the Acclaimed, FTR, and the Lucha Bros at Revolution for the tag team titles. There you go. There, there's your fatal four-way right there. That's a hell of a fatal four-way. In the back, we had the Elite, Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks, Don Callis and Michael Nakazawa. They were backstage. They all had basketballs, and they were talking about NBA All-Star Weekend. AR Fox and Top Flight showed up, also holding basketballs. Wanting their trios match from last week, they wanted to run it back on Rampage this Friday. And Don Callis had a very clear answer for them. He said no. They're all in the back. They're playing with their balls. AR Fox and Top Flight show up. They want to have a rematch for the AEW trios titles. And Dante said they have no balls, so Kenny Omega accepted. And this ended with Brandon Cutler being hit in the balls with a basketball. This segment was very stupid. We had Hangman Page, one-on-one with Kip Sabian. Even though the last time we saw Hangman earlier in this show, he was attacked by three men. It was a three-on-one assault. And the announcers questioned whether or not Hangman would be ready to even wrestle a match tonight. Uh, He showed up looking fine, and he won pretty handily, in case you were wondering who the actual star here is. Sabian, uh, he did control the action, though, a little bit during the break. He missed a top rope stomp. Hangman tackled him to the floor. Page launched Sabian into the railing and hit a pop-up powerbomb inside for two. Sabian missed a reversed DVD, and Hangman countered and hit the Deadeye for the win. Today's episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. You guys uh, need to know, I am at my best when I am able to be productive and get a lot of work done, which this past week, I was not as productive as I usually uh, am because I wasn't feeling well, and that sucked. 
and I hate when uh, I have things to do and I just can't get them done. But I'm at my best when I'm able to do all of the things that I need to do. And there's never any shortage of work to be done. But sometimes life gets in the way. It can throw some challenges your way. Working with a therapist can help you overcome those challenges. And more specifically, working with a therapist through BetterHelp can get you back on the right track. Having used BetterHelp before, which I've talked about, it worked for me and it can work for you as well. Even if you've never tried therapy before, the benefits are clear. It can help you learn positive coping skills and learn how to set boundaries and it can empower you to be the best version of yourself. So if you're thinking of giving therapy a try, BetterHelp is a great option. It's convenient, it's flexible, affordable, and entirely online. Just fill out a brief questionnaire to match with a licensed therapist and you can switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. If you want to live a more empowered life, therapy can get you there. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Solomonster today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Solomonster. Bliss Fan says, Kip Sabian is on television, but not Miro. Oh, Miro, maybe Miro didn't like the creative. I don't know. I've given up on, I've given up on wondering what is going on in the Miro situation. At this point, I'm just assuming that we will never see Miro again on AEW TV. I, I honestly, I don't even think about him anymore. I'll tell you who I was thinking about, though. Powerhouse Hobbs. Powerhouse Hobbs and Ricky Starks. The Ricky Starks stuff on, on Dynamite last week sucked. I thought that was terrible. And they did him no favors the way that he was booked. And I said, you can easily remedy that by sending him back out on television this week and putting a live microphone in his hand. And what do we have with Ricky Starks tonight? Nothing. Nothing. I guess he's still selling that awful Judas effect from last week. So that was, I was thinking about Ricky Starks and I was thinking about Hobbs as well. You know, they were airing these Book of Hobbs vignettes. I'm, and I'm not talking Rampage. I'm not talking Dark. I'm talking Dynamite. Because Dark doesn't matter, and Rampage doesn't matter. It's all about Dynamite. Dynamite is their main show. Okay, Dynamite is their bread and butter. And we just don't see this guy. You know, which is sad. Because I like Hobbs, and I wish they would do something with him, and they don't. So it's not just Miro. Put Miro on the side. Miro's done. Starks and Hobbs, though. Those are two AEW original guys, younger guys. You know, Tony Khan needs to needs to pull his head out of his ass is what he needs to do when it comes to these two guys. Anyway, Hangman gets the win. After the match, John Moxley walked to the ring. He had Claudio with him. He had Wheeler Yuta with him. Moxley said the page thinks they have unfinished business, but they don't. Moxley said, look, I already beat you weeks ago. Because I have respect for you, but there's no chance in hell that you're ever going to beat me again. Page said that he doesn't think Moxley is satisfied either with how their last match ended on a roll-up. I mean, come on, you can't be satisfied with that. Page thinks that this ends only with one of them left standing. At Revolution. Moxley hoped that he would say that, and Page doesn't have any friends to talk him out of it. That's when the Dark Order walked out. Evil Uno was wearing a purple suit looking like he should be part of the Jericho Appreciation Society. Evil Uno got up in Moxley's face. He said that uh, they've had Hangman's back through and through. Page tried to intervene and stop him, and Uno told him to get out of his face. Uno then pie-faced John Moxley, who did not respond right away. 
He said, I'm not afraid of you. Moxley looked past Evil Uno, right at Hangman Page, and he said, Revolution, Texas Death. So there it is. It will be a, and it's since been made official, it will be a Texas Death match. Even though they're not in Texas. They were in Texas tonight. They're not in Texas. They're in San Francisco for Revolution. Uh, But they are going to have a, and yes, I know you can have a Texas Death match and not be in Texas, so yeah. There's always some shithead who has to be literal about these things. Fuck off. Uh, but they'll be having a Texas death match. So there you go. And again, I, at first, my my initial thought when their last match ended was Lights Out. And then I realized if it's not the main event, Lights Out makes no sense. Because to do a Lights Out match, you wait until the show is over. Justin Roberts makes the announcement that there are no rules. You know, we're going to turn the lights out, put the lights back on, and then it will be anything goes, non-sanctioned. Uh, if it was the main event, it would make sense. But this is not headlining the pay-per-view, so Texas Deathmatch is, it makes a lot more sense than that. And uh, we already know that this match is going to be a bloodbath. So the only question isn't who will bleed or will they bleed. The question is how much blood will they lose? Will they pass out from the blood loss? That is the only question that we need to ask. Now, I mentioned the Jericho Appreciation Society. They uh, had an appearance on this show. Ricky Starks did not, but they were in the back for an interview with Tony Schiavone. Jericho addressed Ricky Starks, though, and said that he is not on his level. And you will never get another match with me. Now, remember, Ricky Starks already beat Chris Jericho. But he's fighting for the right to beat him again, I guess. I guess that's what we're still doing here. So Daniel Garcia said that he has a match with him on Rampage on Friday and that he would show everybody that he is an absolute fraud. We already had uh, Chris Daniels calling MJF a fraud earlier in the show, so I guess now that makes two frauds on this show. Elsewhere backstage, Stokely Hathaway was interviewed by Tony Schiavone with Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. He said Hook should be suspended or fired for his actions last week. And uh, he was dressed like a Black Panther. Tony Schiavone asked him why. He said he was out for justice. And Schiavone announced that Hook has been suspended pending an investigation. Meanwhile, out in the arena, Tony Storm made her way to the ring with Soraya for the main event. They pulled a fan over the guardrail, and they were about to spray paint her until Ruby Soho's music hit. Ruby did not seem to be in any particular rush to go over and help this fan. She kind of casually went over just to say, hey, are, you know, are you okay? Okay, cool. And she, and she walked away. Britt Baker came out, and she had the AEW Women's World Champion with her, Jamie Hayter. The fan bit was, it was so lame. That fan bit was so lame. Anyway, it was Tony Storm, Ruby Soho, and Britt Baker in a triple threat match. This was our main event on the show tonight. Ruby and Tony, they battled back and forth for a short period of time. Britt Baker attempted to get on the apron. Storm, though, landed a hip attack that sent her back to the floor. Ruby cleared Tony from the ring. and Both Baker and Storm were standing there. They were in position, ready to be hit with a suicide dive. Ruby, though, was uh, conflicted. And uh, did not jump on either of them as they cut to a uh, final... This was kind of a weird spot. They went to the final commercial break. 
Britt Baker controlled the action as the show came back. Storm was able to recover and hit a German suplex thanks to a distraction by Soraya on the outside. She set up for a hip attack. Ruby, though, tripped her before she could pull it off. Britt Baker hit a rising knee on Ruby, and all three women ended up down at the same time. Ruby rolled out of the ring, and both Storm and Ruby began trading strikes. Britt Baker got a neck breaker and covered for a close near fall. So Ruby climbed up to the top rope. She did a flying nothing into a right hand from Tony Storm. Storm then applied a Texas Cloverleaf. At the same time, Britt Baker then tried to apply the lockjaw. Soraya got involved, and she uh, cleared Soho from the ring. Britt Baker was down in the corner, and so Soraya is in the ring. And Soraya spray-paints Tony Storm's ass so that when she goes to hit the hip attack in the corner, she will smear the spray paint, the green spray paint, all over the face of, of Britt Baker. That was the the idea anyway. I didn't see any paint on Britt Baker's face after the spot, so uh, I don't believe that it actually worked. But I'll tell you what, that would be one hell of a way to apply one's face paint. Right? Before you, before you come to the ring for your big match, you put the spray, the, uh, the face paint on. We have a lot of face-painted people in AEW. Mostly guys. That would be a hell of a way. You know, if I'm staying, I would go ask Tony Storm if she can help me out here a little bit. Help me help me apply my spray paint to the... Uh, I'll spray paint my paint on this time. Why don't you help me out? Help me put my face paint on before my final match. Maybe Sting will get his wish. But she did nail the hip attack. And Ruby prevented the pin. She grabbed Tony... And threw Tony out of the ring, and Tony collided with Soraya. And then Ruby rolled up Britt Baker for the win. After the match, Soraya and Jamie Hayter both attempted to get Ruby Soho to join their respective sides. So we have Ruby in the middle, Jamie Hayter on one side holding up her championship, and Soraya on the other side of Ruby. Uh, Both effectively trying to pull her, you know, in either direction. And I just thought, you know, at this point, as silly as they're all kind of behaving here, why does Ruby even need to choose a side at this point? Like, I thought she might turn weeks ago and, and link up with the the AEW outsiders. But now I'm like, what, why does she have to join a side? You know, Ruby was eyeballing Hater's belt. She was eyeballing the uh, AEW Women's Championship. You know, I liked the idea of this program when we first got a taste of this, when we first were able to see where Tony Khan looked to be going with this, the idea of an AEW Originals group and an AEW Outsiders group with women who you know, really came from WWE uh, and did not make a name for themselves in AEW. The idea that I think could have worked, could still work, uh, and I thought that it could be fun. Uh, but this feud sucks. So far. This sucks. This is no good. And it doesn't help that they have Soraya and they have Tony Storm out there every single week acting like they're the NWOZ team running around with spray paint. What 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 is up with the spray paint? It's just dumb. It's a dumb gimmick. 
I don't understand it. I mean, are they, is it literally just meant to be a copy of the NWO? I mean, is it, or maybe DX. I don't know. It's green. They have green spray paint. Maybe they're trying to be DX. I don't know. Uh, but this is this is this has been no good. And look, it's not for lack of talent. The talent is there, right? You've got talent there. Certainly not for lack of talent. The execution has not been very good. Uh, but it looks like we may be getting an AW Women's Championship match involving Ruby Soho and Jamie Hader at Revolution. And the one thing I will say is that it is nice to see Ruby getting some of the spotlight after not getting any spotlight for quite some time. And she got her nose broken. She was out for a while. Uh, it was a pretty badly broken nose from what I understand. So it's nice to see her getting some of the shine here at the top of the division, especially if she's going to be challenging for the title, which was the impression that I got at the end of the show tonight. Um, but, you know, as... As I'm watching her in the ring, just being pulled in, in either direction by these two women, I just thought, why does she even need to join a side at this point? Uh, but that's the story they're telling, you know? She's being pursued. She's being recruited by both sides. So will she side with the heels, or will she side with the baby faces? And if she wants the challenge for the title, well, the title is with Jamie Hayter, who is on, basically, they're, they're the babyface side at this point. You know, they're the originals. So that's that's the story that they're telling. Uh, as far as the match itself, I thought the work was okay, but this did not feel like a Dynamite main event. That's two weeks in a row with what I thought was uh, a pretty lame main event for this show. Uh, closing out what was an underwhelming show overall. So as I said at the beginning, the streak is over. It was a good run. Here's a Twitter poll. What did you think of AEW Dynamite for tonight? 39% of you have given this show a thumbs up. That is the worst Dynamite score in many months. But you guys are consistent. 30% thumbs in the middle, 30% thumbs down. And uh, just shy of 40% thumbs up. So the thumbs up is winning it, but... Yeah, 39% is nothing to celebrate. For Dynamite, that's bad. I would expect that for Raw, like uh, a year ago. But uh, not for an AW Dynamite show. So, obviously, I am I am not alone in uh, how I felt about this show. Uh, Rampage is going to have a special start time for those of you who watch Rampage on Friday night, 7 Eastern, 4 Pacific. Pacific. Pacific? No, 4 Pacific. We have the Elite are going to be facing AR Fox and Top Flight for the trios titles. It might be a basketball game. I don't know. Is it a wrestling match? I have no idea. Could have fooled me watching that segment. I thought that they were going to go Space Jam on me and have a fucking basketball game. Daniel Garcia takes on Ricky Starks. Jade Cargill defends her TBS title against Vert Vixen. And Dustin Rhodes battles Swerve Strickland. Dynamite next Wednesday has John Moxley against Evil Uno and a traditional tag team battle royal to see who will advance to Revolution to earn one of the spots in the tag team championship match. They did show some teams in the graphic. Best friends, Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal, Lucha Bros, who are my pick to win, Butcher and Blade, Tony Nese and Ari Davari, Alex Reynolds and John Silver of the Dark Order, and Matt Menard 
and Angelo Parker. So uh, those, those are at least some of the teams involved in the Battle Royal next week. I think they should play basketball on Rampage. I'm still not going to watch, but I think that, that could be uh, entertaining. We already got the wrestling match, right? <clears throat> Made a really good wrestling match last week. So we already got the wrestling. They should have a basketball game. That's what I think. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. All right, let's take a look at your Super Chats. I know Eric Deshawn is uh, on our list here, and I will be getting to him because he dropped the bomb on us a little while ago. But we got to kick things off here with our boy Groovy Goose, who says, Plot twist. Molotov cocktails in AW Fight Forever are actually just champagne bottles with sparklers on top. Uh, I well, I've seen the still image, and uh, I don't want to spoil it, but I can neither confirm nor deny that uh, I have in the last two days added yet another stipulation to the uh, stipulation level of be the booker, which uh, we are lagging behind. It looks like there will be no be the booker tonight, but uh, there is still a little bit of time to catch up. Uh, crypto in poker. Who is the happiest wrestler in Japan? The Great Muda. Oh, boy. God of Seduction with a pair of Super Chats says, Imagine if the Domino's ad was picture-in-picture pick, picture besides Nick Gage. Uh, delicious chicken with flavor. Moving forward, I want MJF and any other heels in AW. Uh Start pissing off the crowds. Make grown men cry. AW fans can stick it. Uh, I have to admit, he says, despite all of their accomplishments and what they did for wrestling, it's time for Jericho, Moxley, and Brian Danielson to get the hell off my TV screen. So you, you basically just want Tony Khan to get rid of all of his top stars. Is that what you're saying? That doesn't sound like a very sound business move. Naughty Delicious Chicken with Flavor with one more Super Chat. Give me Ruby Soho more TV time than Chris Jericho and his good old boys club. Makoto Nanaya with the $5 Super Chat. Hey, Makoto, thank you. I don't know if Makoto has dropped uh, Super Chats before or not, but thank you, Makoto. And thank you, by the way, also, we had a, a two or three people. Uh, who gifted? I know Zizu was one. I didn't. I don't have all the names in front of me, but we had a few people who uh, gifted super chats, or not gifted super chat, gifted memberships uh, earlier on. So thank you guys for that. I appreciate that. 
Uh, our boy is back. Look at this. Naughty is back again. I am setting the bar real low tonight. Braun Breaker and Carmelo Hayes are more watchable than Chris Jericho's segments. Joshua Edwards says, here's $2. That's already more than uh, top dollar. Thank you, Joshua. Jacob Donnelly. With the $18 Bane Super Chat. I discovered that Roddy Piper and Jesse Ventura were cast in a buddy cop show called Tag Team in 1991, but it was never picked up for TV. I had no idea this existed, but what a show that would have been. Well, then you must have missed the segment on the podcast many years ago that I did talking about that show, but you are correct. Uh, And I have seen the pilot. It might still be up on YouTube somewhere. Uh, I would have watched that show. I would watch that show today. If they were still both around to make it. I know uh, Piper is not, but... Yes, indeed. What might have been with uh, with Tag Team. Zachariah Sitchin. Which Christian finisher name do you prefer? The Unprettier or the Kill Switch? The Kill Switch just sounds so much cooler. I say Bane and look who pops up. Thank you, Zachariah. Uh, God of Seduction never knew Captain Charisma had a costume. Dev to Dust, Jaws is better than The Dark Knight. Jaws is a classic. I love Jaws. God of Seduction, MJF needs to be taken more seriously. More violence. Uh, I mean, they've gotten more serious with him in, in recent weeks. Uh, you know, he runs off like the chicken should heal. I don't know if that's what you're referring to, but... Uh, I do like... They, they've stepped up the seriousness of his character, or he stepped up the seriousness of his character more, I think, in recent weeks. I think he's doing fine. Uh, Devin from NJ2000. What is the deal with the Elite and Basketball? I just assume that, well, you know, I guess they've done this before, but I, I just sort of assumed that it was tied in with the whole, you know, TNT, TBS thing, but they did do that match, was it a couple of years ago? Was it last year or a couple of years ago? With the, um, was it like the Space Jam entrance? They did that whole thing. I don't know. Maybe they just really like basketball. I don't know. Justin Jack to the man with the exceptional podcast. Is that, is that me? Is that me? Is he talking about me? Thank you, Justin Jack. You're a kind soul. Eric the Sean with the $50 super chat. Eric the Sean. King of the Super Chats tonight. Holy cow. Holy cow. Eric the Sean. My Sean of the Dead. Love it. Championship title concept. When the holder has a certain number of title defenses... 
they can vacate the title for another championship, like a secondary or a world title shot. Sort of like Money in the Bank, but in championship form. What do you think? Impact had... Maybe they still have, I don't know. But they, they had a gimmick like that. Um, where you could... It wasn't exactly like this. I think it was... Well, maybe it was, though, actually. No, it was. I don't know if it was the Feast or Fired thing. I think I'm thinking of something else there. But where you could... Basically, if you were... I don't know, the X Division champion. You could surrender your championship in exchange for a world title shot. So there, there's been similar concepts like this before. Uh, I'm not a huge fan of it just because... I don't know. I, I feel like... I, I understand the idea that the world title should be the most important. And I agree, the world title should be the most important thing. But I, I don't know, I just feel like it's sort of... Uh, devalues whatever title you're you're already holding on to. But yeah, that's what I'm thinking of. Yeah, the, the Austin Aries thing, option C, that's what I was thinking of from, from Impact. Uh, you know, Bliss Fan says the NWA does it with their TV title. So, yeah, I mean, it, it's not a bad idea. Which, as you can see, it's already being used by other promotions. Uh, not by WWE or AEW, but you know, could I see uh, somebody else using it? Yeah. Again, there's already multiple promotions that are doing something similar, but I don't know. I, I'm not. I'm not a huge fan of the idea myself. I just don't know how uh, how necessary it is. But if you're the Intercontinental Champion, let's say, like you're Gunther, right? And Gunther is the champion, and let's say he goes to WrestleMania and he, and he wins. And then he goes on in September, I think it'll be, he breaks the honky-tonk man's record right now. He's the all-time intercontinental champion. And he comes out on television the next week and says, I've set the record. I'm the greatest intercontinental champion of all time. Now it's time to move on to my next conquest. And I'm going to surrender the intercontinental championship. I'm going to vacate the intercontinental championship to challenge for the universal championship. Alright, that's kind of what you're talking about. That's that's kind of the concept. I mean, it, it could work. It works in this one. It works if that you have a champion like a Gunther, he doesn't have to be beaten to lose his time. You want to keep somebody undefeated. If they're having a, a, a dominant run, let's say, with the secondary title, they could give the championship up without losing and then go on to challenge for the world title. So I, I could see the benefit. Anyway, it's a, it's, a, it's a good thing to kind of ask about. You know, get people's feedback on. I think it's a good discussion topic. But Eric, thank you very much, man. That's very kind of you for the uh, $50 drop. Uh, Zachariah Sitchin, at least we know that Moxley will never be in a first blood match. He's in a first blood match every week. John Moxley would be fucking Barry Horowitz if he was in a first blood match on television every week. He would never win. He'd be the Gilberg of AEW. Rizzo. I may have to talk to Tony Khan to paint Tony's butt to make sure the stunt works. I, I care about the business, of course. Well, you gotta try these things out. You know, you, you need you always need a crash test dummy to try these things out. Get in line, brother. Rizzo, thank you for the five bucks. Uh Joseph Brooks. 
with the 999. Buy or sell on which of these big man, small man combos do you think was better? Kane and X-Pac or Big Show and Chris Jericho? Jericho show turned into a really good show. A really good, really good show. A really good team. But I always liked Kane and X-Pac. There's just something about Kane and X-Pac together. I really like those two as a team. I mean, you forced me to make a choice. I probably would go Kane and X-Pac. DHV Smoking Trees. Thank you for the two bucks. Says, uh, rest in peace, Thick 44. EJ Slemp with the 499. This might be blasphemous, but I've never been a fan of Saray. I don't know why, but she does nothing for me. Am I crazy or is she a little overrated? I I don't see anything blasphemous about uh, not liking somebody. I mean, you're entitled to not like her. I think that's perfectly fine. Nothing blasphemous about that. Zachariah with the 1999. Zachariah, thank you. Do you think Ruby is in this position only because Tony Khan couldn't get Mercedes? Because Ruby is not going to get the pot they would like whenever she makes her decision. Female NWO is where Tony Khan is headed, hence the spray paint. Well, if that's the case, then that's just that's extremely lame. If that's the if that's the reason why they're running around using spray paint, uh, then that's just fucking stupid. I don't know what pitch may or may not have been made for Mercedes. Uh, I don't think Mercedes... I don't think they ever had plans to put her in a championship match or revolution. I don't think things ever got that far. And as far as the pop, you know, that Ruby will get when and if she turns or she makes a decision. uh, She just hasn't been focused on in the way that Britt Baker and Jamie Hayter and people like that have been. So you have to condition people to see her as being a big deal in that division. And you may be right. Maybe she's not going to get a, a huge reaction because she's been, uh, you know, she's been marginalized for so long. And she was gone for a while. You've got to condition the fans to believe in her and have her continue to rack up wins. And, you know, maybe then they'll come around. But, you know, I don't have an issue. If they want her to be in the championship match with somebody fresh, I have no problem with that. Uh, HBKC83. Are the Steiner brothers or a Harlem Heat in the top five tag teams of all time? Steiner brothers might make my top five. Harlem Heat, no. Uh, Steiners might make my top five teams. Heart Foundation is in my top five teams. Demolition is in my top five teams. Uh, LOD would be in there. That's, I mean, that's three right there. And uh, I'd have to think on the other two. Steiners might be one of them. Harlem Heat is not. Nick Grasso, did you see the reenactment of the barbershop segment with Gigi and JC the whole time I was thinking of Bobby Heenan? Do you think either one of them can get over as a solo? Gigi has a big fan following. You know, for, for obvious reasons. People... You know, they, they like the way she looks. I haven't really seen anything overly impressive from either one of them in the ring recently. I thought actually their match at uh, the most recent event was 
kind of disappointing, to be honest with you. You know, Roxanne is very good, but I I still have yet to see out of uh, Gigi and JC, certainly as, as individuals, anything that really catches my eye. Uh, JC Jane had her promo. I, I you know I didn't think it was all that uh, you know all that all that great. But look, I saw the segment. Clearly, it was a playoff. The barbershop. You know, she. Uh, I think JC even talked about going to Shawn Michaels and asking about it. And nothing, nothing will top the greatness of the barbershop. But clearly, it was an homage to the barbershop. But whether or not she can get over as a heel on her own, I, I don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen her have a singles run as a heel. This is going to be her first time as a single, so we have to wait and see how she does. Shutterbug Fan with the $5 Super Chat. The comedy show that Piper and Ventura were caught, uh, filmed, I think is what he meant, was called Tag Team. The pilot was released in 1991. Yes, indeed, as we just talked about. That pilot should still be up on YouTube if you've never seen it before. Emiliana with the 99.99 Super Chat. I love it. Hang Mox. Texas Deathmatch. Let's go. Hangman blew me a kiss. Help. Oh, Emiliana. We, we know who uh, her Valentine was for Valentine's Day. It was Hangman Page. You know, he's a married man. He's got a kid. You better be careful. You need to be careful when it comes to that stuff. Emiliana, thank you. 27 at 27 with the $5. Oh, you missed your you missed the chance for a $27 super chat. What are you doing? $5 super chat. Do you like this bitch or this pitch? <laughs> uh, do you like this pitch for punk? Run MJF against Darby at double or nothing. Lights go out. Punk ROH promo plays. Punk comes out, hits Darby with the chair, sides with MJF. I don't like the pitch. That's my that that's that match is a match that I pitched potentially for double or nothing. MJF and Darby. I'm all in on on building to an MJF Darby match. Uh, but yeah, not 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 a fan of that pitch. Joseph Brooks, hey, uh, Jorepi. Jurepi, Cody Rhodes is saying, let's go. He's very happy to see you sub to the channel, as am I. Joseph Brooks says, buy or sell on these fantasy matches. Nation of Domination against the Hurt Business or a Harlem Heat against the Street Profits? Street Profits and Harlem Heat. That's the match I would go with. G-Bro, Adrenaline. Motorbike stalling till 450 likes. Hey, G Bro, thank you for the two bucks. 27 to 27 is a poor student. I know that feeling. I'm just teasing you. Thank you. Any any support you throw my way is very cool. Thank you. I'm just playing with you. And Retro KOH with the four bucks. Do they do live chats at AEW pressers? Let's bombard their chat with mentions of Miro. I don't know if they live. I think they do. I think they live stream the press conference on their YouTube channel. So if they do and there's a live chat on the side, but usually the live chats on those sidebars, they go so fast. Like the WWE ones, you can't even see what's being written. They have to put that shit in slow mode. 
So uh, I'm not 100% sure, but I believe they do. So if you want to ask about Miro, it's not going to make a difference. They're still not going to answer any questions. They're not going to look at the live chat and take questions from the live chat, if that's what you're asking. That they don't do. Uh, hey, Ed Swoggle, thank you for the $5. Uh, buy or sell Mark Briscoe winning the ROH World title down the line or Sami Zayn winning the unified title at Elimination Chamber? Uh, Mark Briscoe winning... I mean, the more realistic of the two is Mark Briscoe winning the Ring of Honor World title down the line. Right? Because there's... Great story there to be told. Mark is Mark is very talented. You know? Jay is the one who got the singles run, but I could absolutely see Mark, you know, holding that championship. And frankly, even if the tragedy with his brother didn't happen, uh, I still think that there's a chance we eventually could have gotten a Mark Briscoe singles run, just like we had a Jay Briscoe singles run. So um, I'm going to say Mark Briscoe. And Emiliano with a 499. Dynamite and Rampage were great. Just had to keep my promise I made to you in December about that Texas death match. You did. That's right. You know, I forgot about that. You did mention that. Emiliano, thank you. Thank you very much. We got some good ones tonight. There's the uh there's the Ed Swoggle uh, super chat still lingering there on my screen. So anyway, like I said, uh, this was a very underwhelming show. Uh, not nearly as good as uh, some of their most recent efforts. But uh, onward from here, we have, I believe, two more Dynamites to go before Revolution. That's coming up on March 5th. But before we get to Revolution, we've got Elimination Chamber. That's coming up on Saturday. I'm going to have live coverage. As soon as Elimination Chamber is over, as soon as Roman reigns against Sami Zayn, I'm... I'm really looking forward to this match. I don't expect a title change at all, but I am as excited for this match as I have been as excited for a main event in a very long time. And I hope that you will be here with me then to go over the good, the bad, and if there is any ugly, we'll talk about that as well. Uh, First, though, we have SmackDown in Montreal at the Bell Center on Friday night. So we have Friday night, Saturday night, and then on Sunday, episode 796 of the podcast. So. A lot of sound off content yet to go, and uh, I believe we just hit our likes. I don't know why you guys wait until the very last minute to do this. With with all the people we had in here earlier, this should have been done like 30 minutes ago. You guys are really slacking off, I got to tell you. But we did hit 450 likes, and uh, I don't ask for the likes for... Uh, for vanity, I asked for them because it helps the video out, believe it or not. So keep that in mind, even when we're not live, uh, even after the fact. All your uh, thumbs up on the videos do help out as far as the uh, the very bizarre YouTube algorithm, which no matter what anybody who does YouTube tells you, nobody has quite figured out the algorithm yet. So uh, but thank you for that. I... I appreciate all the thumbs up. Uh, first, though, we got Griga with a $5 super chat. It says, damn, Miss Dynamite will tune into the replay. Just finished season one of The Boys. I just finished season five, not season five, episode five, uh, earlier of The Last of Us, which is my new favorite show on TV. Never played the game before. 
but the uh, the Last of Us, Pedro Pascal is fantastic anyway, as he as he was in Narcos. But uh, the Last of Us so far, especially this most recent episode, was uh, really really good. I'm really enjoying that show, and uh, did not realize until yesterday. Uh, there's another show that does not get talked about a lot, probably because it's on Showtime and and who the fuck watches Showtime anymore. Uh, but if you are a Brian Cranston fan, if you were a Breaking Bad fan, if you're a fan of his work, there's a show on there called Your Honor. Uh, he's a judge. I won't get into all the details of the plot and the story. It's called Your Honor. And I heard about it a couple of years ago. You know, during during the pandemic, I was binging some stuff. And I watched the first season. I really enjoyed it. I don't know that I even thought there was going to be a second season at all. And then I only heard the other day there was a second season that started. I said, holy shit. <laughs> I had no idea. So I'm going to go back and rewatch the first season, and then we'll get into season two. So uh, there's some good shit on TV, man. Some good shit on TV. I, I have a lot of uh, catching up to do. Pedro Pascal. He's, uh, he's awesome. One of my favorite actors. All right, let's uh, let's be the book. Ladies and gentlemen, it is now time to be the booker. You hit the goal. And, uh, it is time to be the booker. I know a lot of people wait for be the booker every week. It's one of their favorite things about the streams. Hopefully your second favorite thing. After my actual review... Otherwise, what am I doing with my life? So we will be the booker. No stipulations tonight. I'm going to make you earn that. I'm going to make you earn that. But we will book some matches here. Uh, Do I watch the boys? I have to be careful legally with how I answer that question. Uh, No, I do not watch the boys. Let's book a men's match. Let's let's book a match with the boys here right now. We begin with Mankind. Or as he was originally going to be called when he came into WWE, Mankind the Mutilator. Mankind one-on-one with, oh my goodness, it's New Jack. That sounds like a crazy fucking match. New Jack... Basically, it's New Jack and Cactus Jack. Jack and Jack. Depending on what promotion that match takes place in, that could get pretty crazy. I would do the match in ECW and just let these fucking guys do whatever they want. I think that would be highly entertaining. There you go. There's a match we've never booked before. Now you guys get to think about what that match might look like. Foley in his Mankind gimmick against New Jack in an ECW ring. Someone is dying, says Hunter Peckham. Did Foley ever wrestle New Jack? I would think he did, right? Didn't didn't Foley wrestle New Jack in ECW at some point? I'd be surprised if he didn't. More blood in that match than Moxley bleeds in a year. I think, Eric, I think you're right. All right, over on the ladies' side here, we begin with Rosa Mendez. Well, there's no coming back from that. 
Let's just let, let let's just move on. There's no there's no redeeming uh, that that match at all, no matter who I land on. So we're just gonna we're gonna move on and pretend that never happened. So let's go to the tag team, be the Booker, and we begin with the Hart Dynasty. We've got uh, T.J. Wilson over here and Harry Smith, D.H. Smith, whatever name they were giving him at that time. And there's Natalia. Boy, she's been there forever, hasn't she? How many years has she been in that company? My God. I feel like she's been there almost 20 years. Hart Dynasty. Good tag team. Getting into the ring against Andre the Giant and Haku. Yeah, this this was during a period where Andre was uh, virtually immobile. This is basically a handicap match. It's Tyson Kidd and D.H. Smith in a handicap match against Meng or uh, Haku. And Haku would kill them both even by himself. One of the toughest men to ever set foot in a locker room. But uh, this is not a match that uh, gets me overly excited. So there you go. A terrible edition of Be the Booker for an underwhelming edition of Dynamite. They kind of go hand in hand. This, this was not the best Dynamite. This was not the best Be the Booker. Thank you for uh, all the likes. Thank you for all the love, all the super chats. I appreciate it. Yes, one, one out of three is, is below average. I'll see you guys Friday night. For the SmackDown stream, I hope you will be here with me. It's going to be uh, a live show from Montreal, and uh, I will see y'all on Friday night. So until then, be well, stay safe. Episode 795 up right now, episode 796 coming on Sunday. I'll see you guys Friday night. Take care.